Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by our latest obsession, Pain Cakes. Pain Cakes are the revolutionary cold pack that stick to you so you can stick to your routine. Whether you're pounding the pavement as a runner like me or you're tackling the clutter as a professional organizer like Christine, Pain Cakes has got you covered. Pain Cakes comes in three sizes and can be used again and again. We both keep them in our freezers. And when we feel an ache or a pain, you just stick them on your body. You can do it a hundred times. It's all the benefits of using a cold pack, but no downtime. Find pancakes at pain-cakes.com or at thousands of retailers nationwide. Welcome to Uncluttered and Unfiltered, the podcast urging you to let it go and don't look back with nationally acclaimed professional organizer, Christine Stone, and self-proclaimed hot damn mess radio and TV personality, Eden Kindle. Welcome, everybody, to Uncluttered and Unfiltered. I'm Eden here with Christine, and we are getting in your wheelhouse for this particular episode. We asked everybody on our Facebook Ladies Only group to share anything that as empty nesters, like, all right, so now you're an empty nester, you're at this new phase. What is still sitting in your craw? Like, what is still feeling unorganized? What is still feeling like chaos in your life? What is another way you might have phrased that? Like, just so people are understanding what it is we're kind of getting at. Well, I think they kind of got the gist by just what I was reading. Um, You know, you're at that different phase of your life, but what is still not working for you when it comes to organization? I think. Okay. I love it. I love it. And and we're going to get to that. We're also going to talk about the most recent episode of The Golden Bachelor. And we will do that towards the end. There's a lot to look into from this last episode. From your psychological evaluation, <sighs> which, which I'm is, still doing, that's your new thing. My new you're, thing. You're, you're, you've decided that rather than torture yourself and decide this is meant to entertain, you, you've decided to look at it as a psychological experiment, yes. as an evaluating kind of uh, reference point. Whereas I sort of just suffer through it as background noise anymore. Yes. I do have to stop myself and like look and see, but I find myself. Doing laundry, folding laundry, right. uh, packing, doing something else, these multi- kinds of yeah. things, right? Have to multitask to, to even swallow it. But the, more on that momentarily. Yes, let's let's get to these questions. We've got lots of your comments on our Facebook page. Let's start there, and then we also heard on our voicemail app from Leslie. So let's first okay. of all tackle some of these answers that you got and the solutions that you can offer for things that are still very disorganized and chaotic in your life. Right. And I read every one of these. So keep all the questions coming on any topic, but organization as well, because I love to read them and either answer them right then and there or wait for a podcast because believe it or not, ladies, a lot of you have the same thing going on. And so that's why I like to tackle all these when I see them. So the first one is the kids are gone, but I still can't find time to complete chores around the house. I see this in my job all the time. I hear this all the time. And I think part of it psychologically is, you know, I was mom. I raised my kids. Now I want to have fun. Now I'm you know, going to do for myself and being organized at home is going to take a back seat or clearing the clutter. And I think I get it, by the way, I totally get it. But at some point it backfires 
and then things get overwhelming and then you get frustrated and stressed. And then all of a sudden, wow, the holidays are coming up and I don't want anyone in my house. So the best thing to do, and you'll hear me say this over and over and over is purging on a regular basis. Do not wait and try to tackle your house all in one day because it'll backfire. You'll start to get hungry and you'll go to the kitchen and then you'll say, I'm going to take a break. And then you'll start a Netflix show and then you'll get really into it. So tackling small spaces and taking one area at a time and something is easy as a junk drawer, a silverware drawer, starting super, super small and purging, measuring, deciding what you need in order to organize organize that space and make sure everything has a home. If everything has a home, then everything will go back into it and it'll stay organized and you won't constantly have to be on top of it. So you're not alone out there when you say, you know, I thought I, I being an empty nester, I'd have all this time on my hands, but really. I think too, a lot of people, if I'm understanding correctly, will think of it as this giant job, the get organized job that you're going to do when the kids move out or when you're semi-retiring. And that's a huge thing to undertake when another way to look at it is I'm going to have this small weekly or even daily thing where I'm going to tackle these tiny spaces and then eventually it builds up. But instead, what we think is like, all right, I did say I want to be organized, so I'm going to tackle the entire garage after I get in all of those things on my wish list that I wanted to do for fun. Right. So that I see what you're saying with that. Yes. And it's, believe me, I get it, especially post COVID. I see this a lot because people were locked up in their houses. And so now they want to go have fun and enjoy their life. But you just have to know in the back of your mind, you know, keeping your house peaceful, soothing, calming also helps just with daily stress. You're going to work or, you know, taking care of yourself or say you're taking care of a family member, a mother or somebody that you have a place to come back to at the end of the day that is calming and peaceful and clutter free. Mm-hmm. So that's that one. Then I got someone who I love you ladies who said the whole house, that's all was in the comment, the whole house. And this goes back to what I just said. You know, you're not alone in that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, it is the, I'll say, well, where do you want to start? Well, we could start here, but I need the whole entire house because it's just gotten way out of hand. So tackling, like if you work from home, Hey, start with the home office, you know, tackle that. If you want to say, redo your bedroom and you've decided it's time, I want a little refresher for myself, then tackle the bedroom. Taking one space and really purging, organizing, and then moving on to the next space once you've really started to enjoy it. Once your nest is empty, do you find that your clients, when their nests are empty, I should say, that they tend to live in just one or two rooms of their house mostly anyway. Like, for example, we are either in the TV room or we're in our bedroom and the, or the kitchen, of course. Right. But there are parts of our house that go completely unused. And so once those are done, you can almost just kind of sign those off as like give them a once over before company comes. But other than that, so if you could get these things done a little bit at a time, then you can cross some of them. Some of them don't need to be recurring. Right. And that is a great 
great question because I do see that a lot where there's they have a house that's three or four bedrooms, but only their master bedroom, the kitchen and the living room are the only things that are ever being used. So that is a good idea to tackle the areas that are not being used, get those really purged and organized and cleaned out, and then start moving on to other spaces because you won't have to go back and revisit those areas. And you'll, so, you'll have that sense of like, okay, I've just actually like made my list a little bit shorter. Right. Not just now, but weekly. And I can also say if you're storing all your kids' things in those rooms, it's fine for a temporary bit of time. Okay. Whether they're in college, I mean, they don't have their own house yet. But if it's something that is ongoing, they're married, they have a baby, at some point, if you need, to have that space for Mm -hmm. yourself, you have to be able to give them their items to free up the space. Last week, actor Chris Pratt, who is married to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter, daughter, Catherine, posted pictures of Maria Shriver, the mother of his wife, Catherine, with all of her trophies from when she was a kid. And he looked at the trophies and he said, while I'm super proud that my wife was the fourth grade spelling superstar, I don't think Maria should have to store all of these trophies in her home. Now, I'm quite sure this Kennedy relative Maria Shriver has plenty of room for Catherine's trophies. I tend to think... Christine Stone would agree with you, Chris Pratt. Yes, so, yeah, I do. You don't need to keep every little trophy. Now, maybe some of those trophies are worth a little bit more in the memory banks because they were like really solid achievements. But the ones that were maybe participation trophies. Hmm. Well, what I did, and I've told this story before, is I had all their trophies in a box and their medals. You know, they give you a medal, like you said, just for participating. And I opened up the top and I took a picture and I said, do you guys want me to ship these to you? And of course I got a no. Yeah. And I said, so you don't mind if they go in a dumpster? And they said, no, what am I going to do with my soccer trophy from fifth grade? So it's not A, B or C. It's only A and B. A is I'm shipping it to you. B is I'm giving it to a charity. And by the way, charities can actually do stuff with these or there's, there's actually something I got rid of a ton of awards and medals. With I wish I could say the same, but anyway, some, some, some agency that I found online that turns them into like champions for kids with cancer. You know, you're a, you know, you're the best cookie there is type. That's awesome. So there are that everybody, that's a good option. There's ways to do it, but the, but there's no C C is mommy will keep them here for you for another 10 years. You know, here's the thing. What I see in my business, a lot of people downsize later in life when they're about to retire because they want to travel or they get an RV and they want to travel around and they either move into a condo or just a smaller house. And so they cannot keep every single thing that their kids really don't even want. So, you know, making sure you have bins that are labeled for each child um, starts the process. And then the second part of the process is at some point saying here, I can't, I can't come and get it from me or find it in your local thrift store right down the road. Right. Here's another little tip for you where medals and trophies are concerned. I took a bunch of medals and I plan to do this. Remember a week ago, we talked about it lists. And I said, I want to do all the world majors. This is what I plan to do eventually with those medals. 
just what I did with a bunch of other metals I had a few years ago. You can buy sheets of cork and I turn them into coasters. Oh, and, and look at you. You know what would be a funny present for your adult kids would be to take a bunch of their metals that are kind of close in size and turn them into fridge magnets or coasters and give them to them as a gift. Like at Christmas, they're opening up this gift oh and it's my like, God. oh yeah, honey, that that's is a great idea. That's your character counts medal from yes. sixth grade. Yes. That's, a, that's so funny. Also, there are so many places out there and archive is one I've talked about before because I use them so many times for kids artwork, greeting cards, you know, that you put them all in a box, they take them, they photograph them and give them to you, send it back as a book. It's fast. It's easy. It's so super simple to do. And that is another great thing. If you're not going to want to keep them, send them off in a box, have someone photograph them, make a big book out of it, and then get rid of them and have the book on a bookshelf to look at. There are so, and you can do that with so many things, trophies, medals, artwork, greeting cards, anything that means something to you can be put in a book and then you can get rid of the original. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to move to the office. This seems to be a big thing for a lot of people. And I think that's because COVID, a lot of people work from home now. Um, And so I did get some pictures and I think sometimes when I, when I look at everything and I read everything, what I'm really hearing and seeing is I don't know where to begin. It's so overwhelming that I need help just knowing how do I start this process? My office is a disaster. Everything I can't walk in there. Everything's shoved in there. Anything that even I don't even like gets shoved in my office. I work from home, but it's not a good place to work from, which if you have a home office like that, it's not productive. It's not calming. It's not peaceful. It's not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So if you do work from home, I suggest that should be on your must do list. And the best way when you are overwhelmed in starting this project is to get your ducks in a row. And we've talked about this so many times. So that would be, where's this stuff going that I'm getting rid of before I even start? Where's it going? Am I donating it? Is it trash and garbage? Is it going to a friend? Does it need to be shredded? Does it need to be shredded? Is my aunt coming to finally take that dreaded table out of my office? What is happening in there and where is it going? Second, I would look at the space. Can it be a multifunctional space? Can you add a sofa bed in there? Sofa beds are not what they used to be, you know, where you have the bar in the back and no one wants to sleep on the sofa bed. They've come a very long way. So maybe you want to remove every single thing out of there and make it like a office slash den, make it a multi purpose spot. Do you need bookshelves? Do you need to take, you need to include the closet in this. If there is a closet in that room, you can't leave the closet a disaster because the closet is part of the room because you can use that for storage of office supplies, so many things. And in my own office, I added a plug in there. I put the shredder in there. I put my, um, I put 
anything in there that I didn't want out displayed because I did do a multifunctional space. You added a plug in there. I want to go back. I added a plug in my closet for the printer Uh and for the shredder. Those are two things. I mean, there are good looking printers out there, but I happen to not have one. (laughs) I've never seen one. Um, because I need something that's for business. So, you know, it's kind of big and bulky. So I put it in there on top of my file cabinets because they're short and I put my shredder in there. So by adding the plug, when I shut the door, you do not see these items, but yet it's still a functional space. And by having file cabinets, which a lot of people don't need anymore because everything's digital, but because I run a business as well as I don't really have much for personal, but for business, I still do have file cabinets. And also, you know, what do you need in order to create the space to work? So I have file boxes that you can put up on a shelf, take them down when you need them and put them back up. So really looking at the space and how you want to create it. And I added a TV in there, which could be used as a second monitor. So there's a sofa, a TV. So we made it like a small den slash office and it works amazing for us. So it's really looking at the space from scratch, starting from scratch. And the way you do that is planning on what you're going to do with the items you no longer need, use, or want. Also getting things out of the office that don't belong in the office. So anything that is not an office supply, an office product, a filing product, get it out of there and put it where it belongs. That's half the battle right there. So no kids trophies is what I'm hearing you say. No photographs, no kids trophies. You know, we'll get to photos in a minute. You know, really keeping it for what it is. You know what I mean? Sure. So that is what I see a lot of people struggling with. And I, I, I say this all the time. I wish I had a magic wand and I could just you know, twirl it around and make everything perfect and disappear, but it takes work and you have to be willing to take the time, make, make the steps that go along with clearing out your office and recreating the office you want. I always say, pick a color code, whether it's neutrals, Whatever color you want it to be, make sure, in my opinion, but everybody's opinions are different when it comes to colors, making it soothing, a place you want to go into, a place that is calm. So making sure, does your room need a coat of paint? Does the closet need a coat of paint? Simple, inexpensive, Mm -hmm. and transforms a room and a closet. Okay. So that is the office. Now we're going to get to something that I really do wish I had a magic wand. And that's when you share a space with your significant other, meaning, (laughs) yes, meaning a closet or any space. Sure. You know, I get that question all the time. I'm organized, but he's not. Oh, I'll I'll quick little story before we get into that. I did a Christine and purged (laughs) about three weeks ago, really, really purged. And I took this, um, hanging armoire off the wall in my closet, went through that, got rid of the armoire. So now it's a, there's a lot more space, put some hooks up, put my oh, purse there you. and then moved all of these pants that were on a mid rack. I had so much room. I was able to move them to the back rack. So what does my husband say? Oh, can I move all of this stuff then onto that rack? 
You don't have to visualize it to understand that I just freed up a bunch of space and he now wants to move right. into it. Yes. And I said, no. Yep. No. Good for you. No. Yeah. Yeah. And and he just kind of thought I was kidding at first. And then I said, no, no, nope, you can't. And he said, but it's literally an empty. I, I No. Yep. I love that though. And I, and you know what, once you clean out a space, the last thing you want is someone else putting their stuff <laughs> no. there. I mean, that's like the very last. It's like, you, even if it's empty for a while, you just want to enjoy the emptiness. Right. But for me, it was more the geography of it. Right. Because that empty space was in the geographical boundary of where my stuff starts and his end. So even though it's an empty rack, it, now we're all, Meshed. it's like that meandering yep. line you learned about the, what did they call it? Gerrymandering in, in civics? Yes. Like, yeah. No, you got to stay in your, on your side. Yes. So, so is geography a part of this that you're about to talk about? Yes. Good. Geography is a part. And let me tell you about closets. One leads to another leads to another. And the reason why I say that is if you want enough room for you and your husband to share a closet, many people do. I do. I share a closet with my husband. You need to make sure the other closets are also cleaned out. So winter coats, like we live in Florida. So why do you need your ski clothes, your winter coats in your primary closet that you share with your husband? I mean, Come on, that's mm-hmm. that's a waste of valuable real estate, I call it, in the closet. So that means you would take all those items to a guest bedroom, you know, another area, coat closet, whatever your space is for that. And then what I feel is fair is he has his side, you have your side. Number one, it just makes it easier for mm-hmm. both. And number two, men generally, as a rule, I'm not saying every man in the world is like this, but they have less items, less clothing, less shoes than a woman. And so that's how it works best, changing the hangers for both of you. It'll save up space for both of you so that you have more space and it looks more uniform. So the closet just, you know, visually looks better. Now, what you can't do without a causing World War Three is argue when he throws his shirt on the ground. You can have a conversation about how it makes you feel. And I know that sounds like a lot of psychobabble, but it's true because if you come out at someone angry and say you're a slob, you throw everything, it just never works. So by saying when you do that, it makes me feel stressed out. It makes me feel angry because I'm the one that has to bend down and pick it up and you don't notice that. And it leads to a whole circle of resentment and issues. So being honest, like, you know, is the first thing I could say in any relationship If not, what I did was I got a rolling from Amazon. So it was very inexpensive, a rolling narrow basket on wheels so I could just wheel it into the laundry room and literally almost put it right at his feet. (laughs) And um, it's worked. It's it was a test. I didn't really make a big to do out of it. It was just Mm -hmm. a test and the test worked. And so now everything that's dirty goes in this little inexpensive basket with wheels. And at, you know, after a couple of days, I just wheel it right into the laundry room and empty it out. 
I'm I'm saying everyone's circumstances are different. Some people are, are retired, so it's a different situation. Some people, both people still work, you know. Um, so it's really having open communication when you have to share a space with anybody. Mm-hmm. It could be a roommate. It could be you know, anybody that you share space with. Open communication is key and also using all the shelves, the vertical space, being able to stack items gives you more and more space, but make sure you label if you can't see what's in the container or the basket, whatever, but using all the vertical space for himself as well as for you. Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by Hearts for Minds. Hearts for Minds is encouraging you to use your sidewalk to motivate others for Mental Health Awareness Month. Help break down the stigma of mental illness, spark conversation, and maybe just make somebody's day a little sweeter. It's easy. Grab some chalk and write inspirational messages and pictures on your sidewalk. Snap a photo and share it online by tagging Hearts for Minds on Instagram. And use the hashtag Chalk It Up for Life. That's Chalk It Up, the number four, and life. Let's chalk it up for mental health. Visit Hearts for Minds. That's Hearts, the number four, and Minds.org to learn more. Great stuff. Great stuff. Is there anything else from our Ladies Only Uncluttered and Unfiltered group? And then if not, we'll listen to Leslie. Oh, ladies, I still have more. Oh, shoot. Let's go. Okay. So working women exhaustion, too tired and stressed to focus on small projects. I have to say, I hear this a lot. If you've worked all day, you're exhausted and you want to refresh. And, you know, the last thing you do is feel like you have tons of energy to work on all these projects Mm. around the house. So that's a couple of things. One hiring an organizer if you need help getting things organized Two, don't see them as large projects like we previously talked about take one little project everybody usually on the weekends unless you also work weekends has 15 minutes grab a garbage can start emptying a drawer junk drawer medicine cabinet and do something small There are so many places to get organizing products that are very, very inexpensive. So it can go very, very quickly, Mm -hmm. but you, you know, we can all use the excuse and I'm not saying it's an excuse, but I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted. I've worked all week. You know, I, I have to go to this party. I have to do this. I have to run my race. I have to do, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to, but if your own home is not calming, soothing. You dread coming home to it because you have a list as long as your arm of what needs to get done. It always is like two cements on your shoulders. And once you really do start to tackle it, it's so freeing and you will have the time to just relax. Well, what I have found anytime I do tackle an area, it's like the domino effect because instead of exhausting me, 
Getting started, it's hard to do because you think you're going to be tired, but it's very much like the way I look at exercise. You'll never regret the workout you did do. And so I always feel like, wow, that energized me instead of exhausted me. Once you get going on it, all of a sudden you're getting all this energy from the act of organizing an area. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, what can I do next? Right. So sometimes it's just a matter of getting started even when you don't feel like it. Last week, a client just said this to me. She said, oh my God, this is like, I feel so energized. Mm -hmm. I feel so much happier now. I feel like I can breathe again. This has been just really life-changing for me. And especially in small spaces, people don't realize small spaces are my absolute favorite because you really have, it's like a puzzle. You really have to look at the space and say, how can I get the most organization out of this small space, whether it's a small kitchen, a small home, a one bedroom home with one clock, you know, whatever it is. And so it really is life-changing when you figure this out, how you can do this and make it. I mean, I just can't tell you how many times I hear that. It's just so, um, it makes my day when I hear that from clients that this has been the best thing that ever happened to me when it comes to living in my own home and enjoying it. You mentioned hiring an organizer. And of course, this is not a pitch for you specifically, because even though you do virtual organizing, we, you could do this online for anyone listening right now, if they wanted to reach out to you. But if you wanted somebody to step into your home and you found somebody in your own area, what you're looking for, is there anything you want to say about like, what should you ask an organizer before you hire them? Or is there, is there any kind of tips there yes. or like, what would you tell somebody? Well, first of all, I would, I would meet with them before you start or do any project or commit to anything, because in I feel that it's a connection you make with the person. Some people, it, it's like when you go anywhere, like you meet a new doctor, you have to really be able to connect because what people don't understand is going through your stuff is personal. It's emotional. And if you don't feel like you can be yourself and not be embarrassed and not try to be someone you're not around this person, it won't work. It just won't work. So really getting to know that person with one meeting and knowing and saying, okay, thank you for coming. I will definitely get back to you if you feel like it's somebody. If not, move on to the next person. There are so many organizers in the United States and abroad that you can, you can choose, you don't have to settle. So really meet with that person and tell them, this is what I'm looking for in my outcome. Whether it's, I just want to do my kitchen. So don't go in any, be honest and say right now I can only afford such and such. Mm -hmm. It's not embarrassing. I mean, sometimes I go into a house and the only thing that needs done is one space. The rest is like immaculate, but there's just one area they got hung up on. So you know, show them that one area, say, this is all I want to do. And I have so many relationships with clients because they're repeat clients. And so that's why it's so important to be able to click with the organizer that you end up deciding to hire. I think that people that feel instantly like, well, that's something only a rich person would do. I'm here to tell you it was not something that was necessarily in my budget when you and I first met. Um, you, you, you can't even imagine. It's like, you know, you would buy a new couch if your old couch was starting to fray at the edge. Right. Right. So that this is a much smaller investment than that to come in and have your whole living room. Right. Whole den. Right. 
suddenly look polished and put together. So so stop thinking of it in terms of this major expense or, or it's a luxury. It, it could be a necessity. It could be a life-changing, just like one-time thing you right. do. Or it could well, be something ongoing. You and know. that's the misconception. They think she's going to come in and want to organize my whole house and I can't afford for her to organize. That's why you have to find somebody you click with because really they should be saying, what do you need? I just need my kitchen done or I just need my home office done because I work from home. That should be the end of that conversation. And that should be your goal on what you want to do. If you want to call them back later to do something else, then fine. But I think people think they're going to come in and try to get you to organize your whole entire house. And it's not, that's a fallacy. It's Mm -hmm. just not true. We focus on what people really need and want to achieve when we leave. So exactly. why don't we listen to her and then yes. I have one more. Okay. So here is Leslie. Good morning, ladies. And it's for your question about being an empty nester, even though my son is 24 and still in the house, I guess the hardest part is navigating around his stuff. We only have a two bedroom house and he's been sleeping on my couch for the last two years. So just trying to navigate around his things and until he can get out of the house, just being able to coordinate between the three of us in this small space. Okay. So a couple things. First of all, yes, there was once upon a time where I might've heard that and be like 24 couch, two years, but now I've got a 23 and a half year old and she's still home and I don't see the end in sight anywhere. So I'm starting, I feel it a little bit differently, but, but that being on the couch, uh, that, that, that's stressing me out. And I, that's just stressing me out. Well, first of all, I need more information on this (laughs) uh, uh, that I don't have. And, you know, but I would like more information on this. Um, I, I think if he is going to stay, sleeping on your sofa, then there has to be a place for his stuff. And it, and it's meaning whether it's temporary bins, uh, you know, whatever it is, I don't know what's going on with the second bedroom. Cause you said it's two bedroom. I don't know if that's an office or what that is, but I'm gathering just from myself that it's too crowded in that second room for him to be in that second room. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say I need more information, but all of his stuff should be in a temporary, you can get them at target. You can get them at Walmart should be in temporary drawers, temporary, you know, bins with lids. It shouldn't be wrapped around the sofa or you tiptoeing or walking around his items. It's not good for anybody. I mean, it's not good for you. It's not good for him because everybody loves organization. They just don't know how to, to achieve that. Or they don't know they love it because they haven't had because it they haven't had it yet. So when we moved out for a renovation, I had to live in a temporary living space. And that's what I did. I went and got inexpensive drawers and I got inexpensive bins for my Kia and made a makeshift closet. I got a rolling rack for all my clothes and put it in the bedroom. You can make an area for him. It's just can't be in the living room, on the sofa, near the sofa. It has to be in another spot. Keep some of his things if you have a bed that you can slide his items under. Hopefully this will stay temporary um, because if it's permanent, then you need to 
figure out what's going on in that second bedroom. Yeah. Almost like you could say the way that they do in my neighborhood with cars in the street from 6 p.m. <laughs> to 6 a.m. You can't have any cars in the street. Right. <laughs> so so from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., you can be on that. You can have evidence of a human that lives on that couch. But yes, anyone walking in this house the rest of the day shouldn't be able to tell that you're even here. Yes, that's a hundred percent. I agree with that. But like I said, it would be helpful to have more information on what's going on with the second bedroom and where all his stuff really is. Is it just sitting next to that sofa? Um, but really there are so many options and I hope you listen to this and really, you know, go to Walmart or target and grab some of those inexpensive stackable bins for drawers and, and some bins with lids and put his stuff in it, try to make room so it's not inconveniencing your living space. Okay. So I know there's probably more on your list, but the good news is we have an ongoing podcast that we can address it again another yes. day. So let's move on right now to what would be, was it episode five Yes, of the Golden Bachelor? For those who are watching, we were down to, I don't know, maybe six ladies, seven. I can't remember, but I know that there's three after this episode because they're going into their yeah. hometown. Yes. So you and I were not uh, watching live. We, we separately watched at I think a day or two after yeah. it actually aired. What are your thoughts on the process that was involved in this particular episode and who he landed with, Gary? I mean, this episode. <laughs> oh my God. This is the one that okay. went to the amusement park, which yes. I know you would not consider I, a great well, option. Okay. There are a few things that I'm just not understanding when you have women over the age of 60. I'm not. I'm sorry, everyone. Maybe I'm an old lady at heart or something, but you're going to on a helicopter, four wheeling. <laughs> I mean, on a roller coaster, on one of those elevator rides that brings you up and then drops you down on a roller coaster. I mean, I'm sorry. I just... What do these people not have any neck issues, back issues, vertigo? I mean, I could go on and on and on. Now, I know you would probably love that. But see, for me, I'm just saying, what if it ruins the rest of my night? Because I'm like, I'm old. Now my ear crystals are all out of whack. You know what? I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, let's be practical here. What happened to just having a romantic date. I mean, and the women are like scared to death. She's scared on the four wheeler. She's dying because she's scared of heights and has to go on this helicopter. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand this. I'm going to say quite frankly, I don't get it. And I think this episode <laughs> for the first time ever, he annoyed me a little bit. I'm going to just say it. He wasn't the Gary I I loved in the beginning. Um, and I think Leslie and Faith, now I finally got it. I was confusing them. But I, I mean, these women, I, I what I wrote, Leslie bummed about not getting one-on-one, -on -one, crying over Gary and worried she will get hurt because she's been cheated on so many times. And she told him she's falling in love with him. So to me, when you're in your 60s, you have you have history. Yeah. Don't you agree? You have yes. a background, you have a life, a little wisdom, maybe wisdom. You, you, you're not like 20 where you've dated like five guys or whatever. Mm. So I'm like, okay, uh, 
all, all I, I mean, I was saying to you previously, if I had a dime for every time I rolled my eyes, I, I mean, I think I'd be really rich right now. Well, if I told somebody I'm falling in love with you and he went, oh, right. The way Gary did, yeah. I'd be like, okay, no retraction. Right. I meant to say I'm falling in love with you being such a good, good guy. guy. Yeah. You know, I, you just can't. He did that to all of them. Like, oh, thanks. And I know you're going to say it's a show and he has to do that, but you don't see any real connection in my opinion this week with anybody. Yeah. I didn't. Um, Faith got the one-on-one date. Okay. And what is it? Answer me, please. With all these cars with no tops, like everything's a convertible or has, and the woman's hair is flying all over the place. And when they get there, they look like something the cat dragged in. And I'm like, why is that appealing at 61 years old to see a woman (laughs) just went down a highway with her hair flying all. I don't know. I, I don't know. Have, I would have a bonnet, like, you know, right. his grandma bonnet yes. and be like, okay, we're, we're getting in that. Excuse me. Just a minute. Bonnet. And right. Like, you know, I, I think obviously that's, you know, because it's a very sexy look. It's a sexy look. It's what, you know, you, it, it is looks, it when you're in your sixties no, and seventies, not the, <laughs> not the pulling up with your hair in your mouth. Right. <laughs> But the driving down the highway while it's flowing behind you, the 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 aftermath yep. is is hero is horrific. But yeah, if you were Christy Brinkley in vacation, vacation, yes, sorry, then maybe yeah. So anyway, um, but I see your point. So then then he's tasked with narrowing it down to three. Now keep in mind, we know that they've all been like, I'm in love with him. And so we know they're going to get heartbroken with the exception of one. The only person I think had the real spirit of the show in mind was Susan. The one that you say looks like a wrestler, China, China, the wrestler, China, the wrestler. She had a good attitude, good spirit the whole way. I don't think she gave a flip about Gary, to be honest. She said something, she made some joke about, I don't know, am I going to be taking you home with me at the end of this? I mean, that was a funny little cute thing to say that's in the spirit of the show that we're all here competing for your heart. But she never once was like, oh. I have feelings for him. I, I, I mean, she was able to keep herself, I think, a, I, above it all. I think a lot of these women were there to make friends with other women. Yeah. I feel that I felt that from the first episode. I do not think they were all there trying to fall in love with Gary. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're over 60, it's hard to meet friends. And these will be lifelong friends because it's the first golden bachelor. And I'm sure they'll stay in touch. And so I think she was one of those. And Sandra, I never saw that as a match ever. I thought I thought that she even lasted last week was a miracle. So I wasn't shocked at that. One thing I'm going to say, though, Faith and the crop top, I I loved it. I, I mean, she looked great. She's gorgeous. She was still wearing that crop top look more than I would be doing. So I think these women are beautiful. I think they're smart. I I don't see him with Teresa. I'm going to just say that right now. Um, she is just somebody I've never seen from the first episode. And that he did not pick Ellen is over part Teresa of is over Teresa is not only mind blowing, but that's part of the psychological experiment. 
And that is you think men, if they golf, they want a golfer. If they play pickleball, they want to play. No, it's not true. Sometimes he went for the three hottest women. He went for the hottest looking women. They all were head over heels, madly in love. I know Ellen was too, but I just didn't see a physical connection there. Yeah. I think there was something missing physically. Um, I still think that I'm just throwing this out there that Joan may make a reappearance at some point, even if it's the after ceremony or whatever they do after the golden bachelor or whatever they do. Um, but it was interesting. I, I still am going to say not a hundred percent sure if they would ever be able to do another one of these. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet, but it's definitely interesting. I I mean, I think they probably had such a profitable advertising uh, response though, that they might. Because I, I mean, I don't know if they want to turn their back on all of that money from every medication from the Sky Rizzy and from oh, the I Depends know. and all oh, of yeah. that. I don't yeah. think that. I think if they if they found a cash cow in that show, right, it doesn't matter what the quality is; they're going to go for more. But one thing I've been hearing from women: if they do a Golden Bachelorette, they would want young men. They wouldn't want a seventy-one-year-old, and I think that's part is going to be very different if they end up doing something like that, because it's women have, they're saying have more energy. Mm-hmm. And so they want someone who's at least 10 years, if not 15 years younger. So it'll be interesting to see if they end up do doing a golden bachelorette. That it will. We love your feedback. We couldn't love it anymore. So it's just the best thing ever about this whole podcast. So yes. please do join our Ladies only group. If you go to Facebook and in the search bar, put in uncluttered and unfiltered ladies only, that will give you an option to join our group. We will have to let you in, which we will do. We have every other social media site that that in our, in our advanced age, we're aware of. Right. (laughs) So as long as uh, there's nothing else you're looking for other than YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Yes, we know there's others, but that's where we are. Uh, You can find us there. Giving us stars, leaving reviews helps the algorithm, which helps other ladies find us sharing the information with your friends. That's so appreciated. And then there's no bigger compliment that we can think of. So remember our motto and it can, can, you can bend it and shape it to fit whatever you're, you're facing in life. You can let it go. And don't look back. Hi, it's Eden. Christine and I absolutely love bringing you Uncluttered and Unfiltered, the podcast for women over 50. For the first time, we're asking you for your help. A one-time or monthly donation from you will help us with production costs and help us grow this awesome community. Find a link to make a donation in our most recent show notes in our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only Facebook group pinned to the top or on our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Facebook page. And in advance, thank you.